Gentle God Podcast. Uh, my name is Alicia and I'm your host. Uh, thank you so much for uh, listening to this episode. Uh, just in case you don't know, I do want to tell you the reason behind this podcast. Uh, the purpose of this podcast is to give pastors and leaders and really just uh, anyone who loves Jesus a, a platform to be genuine and open about their life and faith and ministry. Now, in this episode, I chat with Arnaldo Santiago, and uh, he's the sole pastor of Anchor Southwest in Sydney. And uh, Arnaldo has an amazing story on how he became, in his words, an accidental church planter. Uh, we also chat about uh, leading others through COVID, and we'll talk about managing self, which is really, really interesting. Now, there's some, um, or actually not some, there are many amazing truths in this episode. So my recommendation is to grab a pen and a paper, uh, maybe a tablet or whatever it is, just so you can jot down notes, because I really do believe there'll be some really good truths that will help you in life. So enjoy this episode. I was writing up the questions and I was thinking, oh man, how how long have I known you? It's probably been what, maybe over a year, definitely a year, maybe two years. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been here in this in this space for since August of 2020. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So maybe because two years. Okay. So you would we would have met. Yep. Or at least you would have met my wife. Yes. Like over two years ago. Yep. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, I remember that obviously our conversation anchor church, and then you know I think you were just about to be you know head out into church planters. You were a rookie church planner um obviously fast forward two years how's that experience been man um, obviously be aware maybe maybe some of your your members will be listening so you can't say everything <laughs> <laughs> oh i will oh i will i will i will say everything uh, it's been tough it's been it's been um it's been you know when people you're asking a different question but when when people ask me how how's the church going? That's mm. a really hard question for me to answer because I, sometimes you're just too close to an event or mm. to to assess it in a in a helpful way. And so the whole process and the whole past you know two 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 years, um, it, it it almost it feels like contradictory things at the same time, right? Like it feels like whoa, 2022, like. I'm my mind sometimes I still feel like I'm stuck in 2019. Mm. And so it feels like we've just blurred through, but then it feels like we've blurred through in slow motion. And it feels like a, uh, just, you know, like a, like a Christopher Nolan movie where, where he deal, you know, like he plays with time uh, mm. in really funky ways. And so, you know, you have inception and then you have a uh, tenant and, there's really, really weird ways. So it feels like we've been living in a Christopher Nolan movie for the past two years because we don't really know how to tell time anymore. Like, is, is it going fast? Is it going slow? Yeah. What's happened? So, I mean, it's been, um, it's been difficult and it's been beautiful. And it's given us opportunities to pause and to, be, to practice our theology, to practice our speech, right? Uh, and so what does it mean to slow down and what does it mean to actually not see these interruptions simply as interruptions, mm-hmm. but as invitations, um, you know, behind every interruption, there's an invitation of God to, uh, to meet him some somewhere. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been both, uh, uh, really hard and really beautiful. And I think for our people, it's just been, you know, a lot of junk has come out for, for us, um, whether it's habits or dysfunction or, you know, when, when 
you slow down long enough yeah. that you know uh, things come out and things things come to the surface. And so, you know, uh, pastoral stuff has been through the roof. Um, and so that that's just this is God's gift in uh, kind of exposing us to us. Yeah, and then saying, "Okay, well, we got to deal with this stuff, right?" And so, and so, what what does that mean for you as as a person? As you know, because I think you know, you talk about um, you know everything that's happening in a lot of pastoral care at the moment. Um, but I found that yeah, like we're trying to lead people through a pandemic, but we've never been through a pandemic before, so we're kind of learning at the same time, and we're you know we're yeah. facing our own struggles. How so? How's this pandemic yeah. affected you? And yeah, how are you going, man? Um, yeah, you know, we've never been through anything like this. And yet I think what I, it's almost like the, 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 the pandemic really hasn't changed my philosophy of life or ministry or like, in fact, uh, living through a pandemic like this is probably more like and, and with what the pandemic brings in terms of, uh, you know, we sense. So there, uh, there's a preacher, Barbara Brown Taylor, who says, uh, and I'm, I'm going to okay, I hope I don't butcher it too, too, too badly. But mm-hmm. she says, um, I think uh, something uh, in regards to suffering, suffering. Uh, doesn't um, make us lose control of our lives. It makes us lose the illusion that we were ever in control in the first place. Yeah. And so as we walk through these past two years, what's happened is that we feel like we've lost control. But really what's happened is that we've just realized that we never really had control in the first place. That's good. You know, we, we live very manicured lives and we live very safe lives. And, um, and I'm not against manicures and safety. Um, but the idea that we lost control, no, you never had control. What we lost was the illusion that we ever really did. Um, and so I think for me, I just had to wrestle with that. I had to wrestle with my own illusions of control. I had to, I had to lay down to, you know, I had to lay down some of my, um, goals that I had as to where I would be, where we would be. Um, you know, I have, I make goals about what I want to do in the year and I I accomplished almost none of them because I was home, homeschooling, trying to kind of launch a church and with my kids there, my wife was at work and it was just, it was just mental. Right. And so, yeah, I, I can't, I, I can't lead people truly to a place that I haven't been. And so what I've tried mm. to do is I've just tried to just, like wrestle faithfully with what God's bringing up in my own heart, in my own life in front of our people yeah. uh, and say, like, I'm with you, you know, like, let's, let's get through this together. You know? Yeah. Look, dude, pastoring is a hard gig, man. But I reckon for those who are church planners, you guys take the cake. Seriously. I, I don't. Yeah. It's so, yeah. So my question is like, why eight? Why church planning? Because I'm sure you could have just become another pastor, anchor, or moved on to be senior pastor at a church already established. And uh, yeah, what triggered that? Like, what? How did God call you to church planting? Yeah. Uh, so I, 
I, I'm an accidental church planter. I, I didn't set out to do this um, initially. Mm. And so I, I, so I, I want to, with Martin Luther, kind of recover the, the beauty and the sanctity of every vocation, right? And so um, I think... I think, uh, you know, being a, being a mother is incredibly hard and, and rewarding and stressful and beautiful and, mm. and difficult. And, um, and same goes for uh, what, what, you know, what, what we all do in, in, its, in its own right, in its own respect. But I was on staff at Anchor Church Sydney uh, from 2017, uh, 20, maybe late 2016, I want to say October 2016. And we joined early on. So we joined before there was a, a public launch, my wife and I. And I think we had, we just had three kids or Catherine was pregnant with our third. Mm. And um, and I was working in, in retail warehousing. Uh, that was my background. I was still studying theology. I was uh, just right in the middle of like an eight-year degree because um, I had to do a part-time because I was working, growing family, things like that. And And then I got on staff uh at anchor city as as a children's pastor um and then from there moved on to uh like i was like a one-day gig went to three days um and i think what i did first was gospel communities pastor for a year uh, yeah. so looking at, after our small groups and then the next year changed my portfolio again uh to be the like the sunday's teams pastor for a year and then that was that was that was in 2018, I believe. And if my if like my math is right, and I was due to finish um, SMBC at that point uh, at the end of at the end of 2018, and it kind of felt for the first time Catherine and I were able to breathe because I was working wow. full time. I was uh, um, uh, I was studying part time, sometimes full time as well. Jeez. And so life was just chaotic for a lot of years for us, just for us to kind of push through that. And for the first time in uh, the beginning of 2019 or the end of 2018, 2019, I felt like oh, I can breathe again. Mm. Uh, and so um, Catherine and I, like, we don't really know what's next for us. Uh, I, I was very unsure about what was next for me. But what I did feel was uh, that I wanted to, to do something else than what I was doing at the time. And okay. we plant a gospel community at our home, Catherine and I, for the first time in I don't know how many years. We were serving together again yeah. after nearly a decade of us kind of doing ministry. Side, some things we were doing side by side, but it was very much me. Yeah. Um, and this was like our first real thing together, together. And it just brought us so much joy. And so we moved to Peakhurst and we planted the GC in our, in our home. And then it just, it just kept on growing. And we, uh, there were, um, there were Sundays where we would, and it wasn't a big place, like, uh, you know, um, but we would have about 40 people, 45 people in, in our space. Wow. And we would, yeah. And every Sunday was a meal. Every, it was like Thanksgiving every week. It was exhausting. It was expensive. It was such a joy to do and to serve yeah. these folks for a year. So, with, but during that time, um, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Is God doing something here? And I go to Catherine 
And uh, I'm a very firm believer in uh, doing ministry with my wife. Uh, and so... so if, can I ask, what, why is that? I'm not saying it's yeah, wrong. Why, like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let me, uh, I'll, I'll say that's, it's not to say that we're doing the same things. Mm. It's not to say that we're doing everything together, but it is to say uh, that we are doing it together. Like I'm not going to drag her along. Um, I believe that God's uh, uh, given us to one another and he, uh, he doesn't only speak to me. Um, he speaks to both of us and he impresses on both of us. And so um, if, if I have a really successful ministry, whatever that looks like, and I put that in quote, like a really successful ministry, uh, but my wife is miserable uh, yeah. and we're not doing this together and her heart's not in it, then uh, I consider that a failure. And so I want, I wanted us, not that she's doing everything with me. She's not, a, she's not like on staff. She's hmm. not doing any of that kind of stuff, but, she, but we're doing it together. Right? And so if she wasn't, for it, if if I want, if I came to her and I said, "Hey, babe, you know, we're gonna plan a church," and she's like, "No, mm-hmm. you know, like just no way," you know, and these are the reasons why, and um, so and that's exactly what happened. So I came to her and I said, "Hey, uh, uh, babe, what do you think? Like, you know, do you think this could become a church one day?" She laughed at me the way Sarah laughed at Abraham, and then I was like, "Oh, I guess not," you know. <laughs> and were you happy? So, were you like, "Yes, all right, yeah, well, that's." No, it was just like, oh, okay, you know, yeah. that's fine. You know, whatever. We'll, we'll keep talking about it. So I went to Matt. I went to Matt. Uh, sorry, no. She overheard me saying this to someone else maybe a week later or so. And she pulls me aside and he goes, wait, were you serious? Were you actually, like, I thought you were joking because, like, is that what you want to do? I said, I don't know. So we went to Matt and I told Matt, uh, I think this was around maybe March of 2019. I said, hey, bro. Okay. I think God, I think I want to begin. I, I, I didn't think, you know, I didn't say anything like God's calling me to plant this church. And mm. it's just like, let's explore together as a community what it could look like for me to plant. Yeah. And he said, where's Catherine? I said, she's not with it. So he goes, okay, well then like that, that's your answer. Yeah. So he said, go away for a couple months, pray fast, seek the Lord, seek counsel. I mean, I've spoke, I spoke to so many people all wow. around the world, friends, Everyone who would listen and who yep. would answer questions, I asked. And Catherine and I were talking about it ad nauseum. I mean, it was almost every night. You know, what do you think? How are you feeling? Yes, no, yes, no. Uh, and most every night landed on a no. So I said, okay. A week before we were to go and tell Matt, hey, that's fine. This is not for us. And we're totally cool with it. Uh, we think about something else for my role. Uh, she said, Arnaldo, we're going to do this. We're going to plant this church. Wow. And I was flabbergasted. I, I and, and so I, I I said you need to go speak to some some trust. You need to speak to people. Make sure that this isn't about coercion or you're trying to please me. Or you know, Catherine is uh, um, my best friend, and she's brutally honest with me. Uh, but she loves me, and I don't want her to you know like do this for me. Yeah. So I said, okay, I'm not going to jump on this too quick. Let's take a week. Let's not even talk about it. And at the end of the week, let's see where, where the Lord uh, um, has us. And at the end of that week, we both felt really, really strongly that this is what the Lord has called us. And I think if you knew who Catherine was and who she, who, more who she was, um, 
then you would see how this was so crazy because she's the most risk averse person that I've ever met. Right. Like she doesn't do risk. She, um, you know, that's just her, that's just who she is. Right. Uh, and church planting is pretty risky. There's no For sure, job. Yeah. There's no job no. security. There's no, you know, none of that. And uh, and she said, "No, I really feel God's calling us to this." And we brought our children onto the journey. We said, "Hey, guys, what do you think? Do you guys want to plant this church with us?" Yeah. Um, you know, like get, getting them to to travel with us along the way. And so from there, and that's a long story, but from there. Um, we, yeah, we got assessed internally by the leadership at Anchor Church and had some external psych assessments, uh, had a very, 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 very rigorous Acts 29 external mm. assessment the last three days or so. Um, and you have to write essays, you know, in, in preparation, like essays, like it took me like a month to fill out the application, but so worth it and so necessary, I think. And so mm. we, we went through that, we, you know, we... I took it to our gospel community and I said, Hey, this is what we're thinking of doing. Uh, but man, I want to bless you if you want to stay at anchor city, uh, yeah. and not, not travel with us on this journey. Uh, you know, I'll give you a month or so to think about that. And about 80% of people in our GC stayed with us, uh, wow. to plant. That's and awesome. not everyone is, and not even now everyone's not everyone's with us. A few have gone. Uh, but, uh, that's the journey. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, then we did a lot of training. We, we, I took everyone through emotionally healthy spirituality as a part of our core team training, um, a launch team training. And then we launched, we had a vision night, you know, um, we had a vision night January, 2020. So this is at the, at, right. Like just, before, just as the pandemic hits for, uh, the, the bushfires were, you know, like there was still smoke in the air from the bushfires uh pandemic hits we go on lockdown and it's just a mess right it's like even even before we get out the gate right it's a mess we haven't even been commissioned to leave anchor city yet and we were already locked down right and so it's been it's been tough like we we definitely do feel like um uh like we haven't really started yet yeah that's so that's that's yeah that's that's the kind of journey yeah, dude, I think... Um, That's why I feel this has all happened more to us. Yeah. Of course, we've made decisions. Of course, we've made sacrifices. And of course, we've um, we've done stuff, right? We've made, mm. you know, but all along the way, uh, it feels like this is happening to us. It's happening yeah. to us. Like, we're just kind of like, it really does feel like dad is just telling us to come to work with him and we're going to work. We're, we're kind of pretending to you know nail you know hammer this nail in, but he's the one really doing the work and we yeah just like come along for the ride so yeah yeah man like like i said before man being being a uh a church planner is, is rough but uh being a church planner during a pandemic that is yeah but it's like you said you know uh obviously god's in control and um yeah. I, man i love that story about how God just changes Catherine's heart and, you know, for you and just a slow process. I think people, yeah, you know, probably especially newies, you know, in, in ministry, just think, oh, yeah, everything just goes smoothly or, you're, you know, <laughs> you've, you've been thinking about church planning since you were a kid, you know, but it's not like that. No, no. I mean, maybe for some, hey, whatever. Maybe, yeah. you know, it's just not my story, right? Yeah. Like it's definitely not my story. And so, um, yeah. That's, mm. that's, that's awesome. And so... Obviously, you said this before, and people guess by your accent, but you're from the States. Uh, New York, is that right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Brooklyn, New York. 
Brooklyn, so how does a kid from Brooklyn end up church planting in uh, in Sydney? And uh, I don't I, know. You're gonna have to ask Scott about that one. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still I'm still trying to figure that one out. Really, because uh, you know, so I grew up you know Brooklyn, uh, low socioeconomic neighborhood, lots of yeah. crime, and you know, uh, when people hear that I'm from New York, I don't know. I think they picture like Sex in the City or like Spot or like Spider Man or like yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes like I, that. I I grew up on Park. And it's like, no, no, I grew up in Brooklyn, bro. Like, you know, it's not my... But that's a rough that's area, the, I'm assuming. Is that right? My neighborhood was in East New York was. And yeah. um, and so I, even as a kid, you know, I think just to give you some context, I never, like my first plane ride, I was like 16, right? Like, wow. Uh, to visit Puerto Rico. Um, I didn't travel i didn't you know it was just like it was more of a survival mentality growing up versus what can i get out of this world you know mm. um and visit all these places and i remember what bugged me out when i came here i i became a manager at a at a uh, at a uh, a mail order uh sort of warehouse and we hired a bunch of like high school kids and um and just the stories that they would come to me with, like, oh, yeah, you know, our parents are taking us to Paris this summer and this, wow. and we're going to Fiji. And I'm like, whoa, at 16, you know, I had barely even gotten on a plane at that point. And so um, I am still, when I sit and I give myself five minutes of quiet to, to think about how I ended up here, it is a miracle. It yeah. is abs- It is like out. I just could never have imagined Australia. You crazy? You know, this is, the, and let me give you an example of how crazy it is. A couple of years when I went back, um, uh, there were some, some old friends of mine who were hanging out in front of the building and they saw me They're like, yeah, what up? Yeah, where you been? Thanks for serving us. And I'm like, what are you talking? And I'm like, I, I, I didn't really get what he was thinking, uh, but he thought I had got away to the military because the oh. only reason you go away is from, if you're from where I'm from, mm. is because you went to the military. Uh, there's no okay. prospects to go anywhere or move anywhere or you know do much. Um, and so I, ca- I kind of caught on. I was like, oh, I'm not a war hero. Right? I, I went to Australia. I'm hanging out with kangaroos now, right? And so, uh, yeah. And so I, I met a girl. I met Catherine. I was 17 years old. Um, and so we met two decades ago or something like that. And, um, and that's, that's another long story, but yeah, yeah. We, we, we met, neither one of us were, were believers. Neither one of us were following Jesus at the time. And did you know uh, at least about the gospel? Like, did you have some oh, sort yeah, of, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up, I grew up in a very, um, uh, I grew up in a Pentecostal Spanish speaking okay. church. Yeah. Um, and so I would hear the gospel not once a week, right? Because we were Pentecostals, we were in church like five times a week. That you know, and so That's I did gospel often. And um, long, I'm assuming it, it wasn't a short long, fifteen oh, minute no, no, seven no, no. This, as do it. It wasn't a service, right? It was like sometimes you know he it, he's gonna he's gonna preach for an hour, maybe yep. sometimes an hour and a half, you know. Yeah. And um, so we met and. Uh, I mean, long, long story short, you know, a couple of years later, we, we actually committed to being in a long distance relationship. I was in Brooklyn, she was here. And then I asked her to marry me and I came and wow. here we are 15 years later. Yeah. That's mate. your, your, uh, 
your ministry story is amazing. You're obviously how you got to Australia is is pretty crazy as well. So you can definitely say, man, God's had you know um, he's been he's been kind. He has been very kind, and uh, man, your journey is is awesome. Um, you've you've had well, I sent you some questions before, and you've got about what twelve okay. years, maybe a little little bit more in regards to mm-hmm. ministry. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's interesting because you mentioned to me that your your greatest challenge in ministry is learning how to manage self in a highly anxious environment. Can you can you mm-hmm. elaborate a bit on that? Sure. So um, ministry has to happen out of a place, right? Like it happens out of out of a place. Like you you do ministry out of who you are, right? Out of um, this uh, sort of this context, this amalgamation of your experiences, your personality, your upbringing, like who you are, who makes up Elicio is the person who does ministry. And so one of my greatest challenges in ministry is myself. Like, yeah. like how do I manage me and how do I learn how to self-regulate myself so that when we are in highly anxious environments, and I mean like a board meeting, uh, you know, like conflict in church, which happens all like all the time, right? Yeah. Um, how do I manage myself in that situation? How do I not react? How do I not bite back? You know, how do I how, how do I stay calm enough to s- stay close? to myself, right? So, because this is what could happen. Uh, So you need to be able to stay close to yourself and you need to be able to stay close to the other person. When there's conflict, one of two things can can happen. I can either abandon my values and just pretend like I agree with you and and I just, I'll take your side. You know, I I don't want to cause any problems. I want to be Christian. And so let me just, you know, kind of like bend to uh, um, uh, someone else. And the other thing we do is that we can become cold or cut off and, you know, and so how do I not kind of absorb your values or cut you off? How do I stay close? How do I stay calm? How do I stay myself? How do I stay close to and, and display values that I have in this situation while remaining near to you, not cutting you off and not, you know. That's been the greatest challenge of, 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 of ministry, of like working with people, working in ministry. Um, you know, you, you, you've heard it said, ministry, and, I, and I, 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 I hate this, and, and yet I get it. You know, when people say ministry would be easy if it wasn't for people, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Com- yeah. True, right? And, uh, but that's, that is the ministry. That is the work, right? And so Jesus didn't come to save ideas or simply disembodied souls or things like Mm. people, right? Messy people. And so how do I stay close to messy people and yet not lose it every single time something goes, goes wrong? That's been my greatest. That's good. And so what, yeah. So have you been developing that? Like, is it? Books, obviously, you know, yeah. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What's yes. your tips yep. for that? Yeah, so there's, there's, uh, there's, there's one side of it that is, yeah, books and resources. And um, uh, I'm undertaking a, a degree in, mm. in uh, a, a form of 
counseling that uh, traffics in this in these ideas. Um, but then it's also doing it yourself, like being able to have the space with yourself, being able to integrate solitude and silence into your own spirituality with God, your own discipleship, so that you have the space to work this, these things out. Right. So like a real plain example, you get an email and it's okay. charged, right? It's charged with everything you've done wrong, with, you know, things that aren't happening, things like no, that. You didn't get that type of email. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, and, uh, and what, so what do you do with that? Mm. That's the question because that's ministry, right? That's, 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 that's the work of ministry. It's not just like preaching and song. That's, you know, yeah. that's the easy part of preaching. This is, yeah, the, yeah, this, yeah. yeah you're, yeah, this is this is this is where 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 it's at. So, what do you do with that, right? Because what you could do is it's gonna bring up all these emotions, whether your feelings of inadequacy or you're angry or whatever, and you're just gonna shoot off, right? Like, let me tell you, let me correct you, and let me try to get you to see my point of view, right? Because mm-hmm. what you're feeling is, I mean, a mix of things, but you you. Uh, you're feeling anxious. You're, you're, you're feeling like something's wrong here. And, and you're going to be very tempted to fix it, to yeah. bring tranquility back, to bring equilibrium back. So you could do that. You could shoot off and, or you could just cut the person off. Be like, I don't care, you know, whatever. Um, or you can take it into, okay, this is bringing up and this takes time, right? This takes time where you need to get away f- with yourself and be with Jesus and get uh, and, and ask that the Holy Spirit would, you know, Psalm 139, show me to me, like reveal me mm. to me. And so uh, why am I feeling this way? You know, you ask yourself these questions. Why am I feeling this way about what this person is saying? Uh, is it the per- is it that or is it bringing up some like old father wound that I have? Or, um, and then you're able to uh, not deny what you're feeling but be able to see it and say, okay, I can, I can deal with this. And I'm not going to, this is not going to rule my response. Right. I can, I can acknowledge that it's there. I can acknowledge my anger or my anxiety or my whatever, but that's not going to rule my response. And that has been the greatest. That's just like one example of a a way that, because you could hurt people, right? Like, um, yeah. You could you could you could hurt people. You can hurt yourself um, in in the attempt to get a quick fix in yeah. the situation. Man, that's a brilliant example, and I think uh, yeah, you, we can unpack that for hours. To be honest, man, we yeah. can talk about that. Yeah. But yeah, that's really good and really helpful. Um, all right, dude. What well, one more? Because I want to respect your time as well. No, no, it's all good. Um, it's all good. What what advice would you give to others in ministry? And uh, you could take this wherever you know wherever you want, but. You know, also for the church planners, you know, maybe people listening and they are feeling about potentially being a church planner or going into mm. ministry. What, what advice would you give? Man, um, I would say at the moment, what I'm feeling most deeply is, is clarifying expectations. So Pete Cazero, um, out, of, you know, out, out in Queens, Emotionally Healthy Discipleship, he has this really, really great sort of paradigm for clarifying ex- expectations. And so why this is so important is because of this. Every single person that you will ever meet or minister has expectations upon the church and upon you. 
Every single person. They expect you to be something or be someone. And they expect the church to be something or or do something uh, in a very specific way. Okay. So we have expectation. And then we have reality that's sitting all the way over here. And in between the space of expectation and reality is disappointment and conflict. Mm. All of this space is disappointment and conflict, right? And so one of the things that I would want people to do, whether you are thinking about church planting or you are church planting or, or you're anyone, you know, like I would say this to anybody, anywhere, like this is going to help you, I, I hope, in any kind of sphere of life is we, we need to learn how to close the gap between our expectations and reality, okay? And we need to bring our expectations. Not, and it's not, it's not to say that we lose hope about changing situations or changing culture or growing our organization. It's not to say any of that, but it is to be mindful of what we're expecting. And so Pete Scazzaro will give you four things uh, about expectations to help us in our relationships, to have healthy, healthy relationships. Um, the first one is expectations must be conscious. Okay. Now, Elisio, if you don't mind me asking, how long have you been married now? Uh, oh, I may put him on the spot. I think eight years, nine years, something like eight, that. Eight, 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 nine years. Okay. Eight, nine years. That's good. You've been married long enough to have had a gap between expectation and reality. Mm, yeah, okay? that's true. And so um, I grew up in a certain home where things were done a certain way. And so for me, early on in our marriage, it was just an unconscious expectation. And you don't even know you have it only until that expectation is not met. And then when it's not met, you're like, whoa, hold on. But I expected you to do this, mm. right? Uh, I expected you to respond in this way. Uh, but that wasn't even conscious to you until that expectation was unmet. Okay. So yeah. we're all living with all these expectations, but we don't even know we have them. So the first rule of closing the gap between our expectations and our reality is become conscious of your expectations. Let me give an example of what, for, for me, as a church planter, this meant. Yeah. Is you have a lot of coffee as a church, and especially in Australia, right? Like, you know, it's a Sydney church plant, a coffee, 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 coffee. Uh, but I would go with a lot, a lot of coffee with people, yeah. uh, people who were thinking about joining Anchor Southwest. And we talk about, you know, uh, all, all these kinds of things. And this is what I always told people. I said, you need to go away and clarify, like get a pen, get a paper, do the hard work yeah. of clarifying your expectations. What do you expect of me as a pastor? And what do you expect of this church? Mm. Um, and then it, it helped people, the people who did do it, it helped them become clear. It's like, oh, actually, this is what I'm expecting. And then I'm able to actually say, yeah, I can do that. No, I can't do that. You know, maybe I can help you find another church, which, which we've done. Yeah. Uh, so uh, expectation needs to be conscious. Okay. But then the second thing, they need to be communicated. So um, I can't hold you to something I haven't communicated to you. And we do that often, right? Especially in ministry, I think, where uh, we expect someone to do something, mm -hmm. um, and but I never told them to do it. But then when they don't do it, it's like, oh, hey, why didn't you do it? This, or yeah. you didn't do it this way or in this timing or whatever. And you're like, oh, whoa, you never communicated that. And so expectations need to be conscious. They need to be communicated. The third thing, they need to be realistic. And so 
I could, ex- Alicia, you know, you're going to join the church and I expect you to be here at 4 a.m., right? It's conscious. I communicate it to you, but it's wholly unrealistic, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, they, they need to be, re- you know, realistic. And then the fourth thing, they need to be agreed upon. Okay, so they need to be conscious, communicated, realistic, agreed upon. At that point, man, we have clarified expectations. People say this is what I expect of you as a pastor, as a preacher, as a as a as a friend, as a mentor, whatever. Um, and then we can say, yep, okay, you've communicated that, it's reasonable, and I agree to that. And that way we can begin to have mature conflict because it's not that that gets rid of conflict, but it we can have mature, healthy conflict where we say, okay, I actually didn't fulfill that expectation that you made clear that we you communicated to me. Uh, that is reasonable and that I agree to. Mm. And therefore, I want to offer my apologies. Let's work. Maybe I need to adjust. Maybe I spoke out of turn. Maybe I thought I could do more than I could. But it just opens up the way of communication. Um, and it opens up the way to actually have mature conflict. And so mm. I would say to anybody in ministry, so if you're thinking about church planting, uh, you need to become real clear on what you expect it to be. And hold that really loosely because this, you know, um, but yeah, like that to me has uh, been a real grace to me. Just that thinking in that way and bringing that to people uh, has been super helpful. So whenever anyone joins Anchor Southwest, we say, this is what we expect. This is what you can expect of me and us. Mm -hmm. And this is what we expect of you. Uh, And and if you don't feel like that's reasonable, that's fine, you know. Um, mm. but this is who we are. These are our values. This is how we wired us to do ministry. This is our philosophy. This is how we're going to get there. Um, and at least then we have something to build on. Yeah, Man, that's good. That's really good. And that's obviously, like you said, you know, it doesn't have to be church planning or you know, for everyone. You know, that's- everyone. You know, like if you expect you know your husband to do the laundry because your dad you grew up and your dad did the laundry mm. and and then you you know you get married a few months in you're disgruntled you're angry you know well you need to talk about that you need to talk about where where that expectation came from is it reasonable and you know so forth so on. which it is i think i think yeah. it is reasonable for husbands to do laundry. yeah dude awesome it's been a to pleasure mate i really appreciate yeah. you coming on podcast and i think people i've learned a lot and i'm sure people um have learned a lot so thank you so much Arnaldo. my pleasure brother i appreciate it all right. Well, that's the episode. And uh, like, like I said to you before, uh, it's an amazing episode. Just a lot of lot of good stuff. And uh, hopefully you guys wrote some stuff down. Uh, for me, a uh, couple things uh, stood out. Number one was just realizing, yeah, like God can use anyone anywhere. You know, I know the story of, you know, growing up in New York and now he's serving uh, or planning a church in, in Sydney, Australia. And, you know, how God's using him, even though uh, he planted a church, you know, one or two months before COVID is insane. And, um, yeah, just make, it's making me realize, yeah, man, if this is God's will, if God has a purpose uh, for you, God will make it happen. And it's really up to us to put the faith and, and trust in him. 
Uh, the second thing uh, is in regards to managing self. I thought the last five, 10 minutes of that interview was gold. And uh, as Ronaldo was talking about managing yourself as a person, managing others, um, ministry, and, and, and those around us is super important. And one of the key things that you know he mentioned, um, but also I've been learning uh, just through my journeys in regards to having time with God and you know solitude and uh, time alone. So important, so hard to do, but super important. So yeah, those are probably the two things that stood out for me. Uh, as always, uh, feel free to follow me. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Don't Tell God. Uh, you know, follow me on Spotify and and Apple as well. Uh, you know, hit that follow button. And uh, yeah, if you found this episode helpful, feel free to send it, send it to your friends, family members, uh, you know, fellow pastor or leader. But thank you so much for listening, and I'll, I'll catch you guys next time. Mm-hmm.